0: Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Analysis Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and as always, I'm joined by Natalie. And we're here to look back fondly on what was a divisive FPL game week 13, but relatively fruitful for some of us. Uh, hopefully, we'll cover all of the major talking points and we'll also provide a game week 14 and 15 preview as we have our first midweek round of fixtures to look forward to. So, opening the show with a strong return to form is Spurs... Now of four wins in their last five Premier League games, which I thought was was pretty, pretty exciting. Like, I, I didn't even realise they were winning that many. Uh, but could it be a coincidence that this all came when Ali, Son and Eriksen all returned to the lineup at once? Are any of them viable options, Natalie? I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm throwing it to you, because I have no idea.
1: Did you watch this game?
0: I did. Uh, so I, I had it on, but I wasn't paying like a lot of attention to it. Um, and by what I could see, Chelsea just got absolutely overrun. Mm. Um, they, they didn't know how to defend and Spurs were just carving them open at will. Yeah. And I think we saw, we saw the weaknesses that Sorry keeps mentioning that hadn't really come to fruition just yet. And, uh, yeah, like Son in particular just seemed to be electric in this game.
1: Yeah. Like Son... Despite only his his one goal or whatever it was. Well, his hmm. solo goal, really. Um, uh, yeah,
0: I, it's ridiculous that Deli Alley gets an assist for that because <laughs> that was all sun, man.
1: That's literally me if I was a footballer getting an yeah. assist for something where I just passed it <laughs> like in my own box and then hoped yeah. for the best. Yeah. Um, so I think actually in terms of if these players are all going to actually play together consistently for the rest of time, hmm. which is what I guess we assumed would happen with the exception of Son because he had whatever thing he had on in September. Um, I guess we assumed that all of these players were going to be playing together um, at the start of the season.
0: Yeah, that's why they were so popular. I remember Ericsson being in a bunch of teams at the the beginning.
1: So actually, I think here with Ali at 8.9, Ericsson at 9.2 and Son at 8.3, Son is definitely the most viable option because he was consistently trying to do goals in this game, and he was quite <laughs> unlucky to only get the one in the end. Yeah, um, yeah, he
0: had he had so many chances, yeah. didn't he? And it was just poor finishing that let him down. Really. Yeah.
1: Um. So I think he might really be the option here. I think Eriksson and Ali are maybe a bit too expensive, and there's hmm. probably better uh, places to spend your money.
0: Ali's probably just about in the range where I'd maybe consider it, but it's it's quite tough. I think to you need to see justify. consistency
1: from Ali before yeah. you get him in. I think he's too risky to just put in and hope for the best. Yeah. Um But interestingly I saw a tweet today that were, that said, um, which Spurs player will you bring in after game week fourteen? Which yeah. is after this coming weekend with the Arsenal away game. Yeah,
0: at the Emirates, yeah. And
1: I thought, what a weird question. Why Hmm. do you think... Unless you're looking at defenders, which Lord knows why you would be, (laughs) what a weird... Like, why wouldn't you bring in Spurs players for a game where where there are definitely going to be goals?
0: Yeah. Yeah, the North London derby is always... Well, usually it's an exciting one. Fairly high-scoring. I don't think this is what they meant by it, but I do think there is some good reasoning for, or some good justification for holding off. And that is because we don't really know what the first 11 is going to be consistently. I guess so. Um,
1: but I, I assume with everyone fit, this should be it, no? Bars.
0: Yeah, I, I would assume so. I mean, obviously not so much at the back, because uh, they had well, quite a few injuries there. because everyone's off. Yeah, but but certainly as a front four, uh, Kane, Ali, Eriksson, and Son makes a lot of sense, mm. and they are, I think, consistently their best players. Yeah. But my my question is, can any of them be truly viable options with Champions League back on the horizon? Mm. Uh, and they're rel- They have a relatively small squad when you compare to Man City, for example. Yeah. And that's kind of where I think the problems might arise. Uh, all it takes is one injury, and it's back to oh god, like. Who, who is in that starting 11 yeah um and i i know i mentioned a lot last week uh lamella and i think mora were the yeah. two players i mentioned And they i think lamella came off the bench i don't think mora played at all
1: yeah and also i guess these first premier league fixtures like southampton and leicester and burnley aren't hmm. that much of a concern are they so if yeah. they wanted to rest players for the champions they have to win in the champions league right that's the problem
0: yeah, they do. Exactly. And City have already, I think they've won all of their games bar one so far. Um, so they're in a much stronger position where they can play a slightly weakened team. And they have been anyway. Like they've been starting Jesus up front. Uh, that's been the kind of place where you've seen the likes of Otamendi, company playing more. Um, and the, the likes of Delft left back. So I feel like City, you kind of have a better idea of who's going to be playing, and actually one of the main one of the main problems because Liverpool faces as well this uh, fixture congestion problem, but the standout difference for me is that City seem to be frequently involved in goal fest matches yeah. where it'll be like four or five goals, and it doesn't even seem to be limited to facing like quote unquote easy opposition. They seem to be able to do it against anyone. Um, just to demonstrate that stat, Man City have scored 40 Premier League goals this season to Spurs' is 23. And obviously you have to consider that the likes of Eriksen and Ali and Son haven't actually played for a lot of those.
1: Yeah.
0: But also City have been trouncing basically any opposition they come up against with relative ease. Um, so I kind of want to move on to them a little bit and just compare their midfield options. The standout ones from this weekend being Sane, Silva... And Sterling, the three S's. Uh, Bernardo Silva missed out this week with a minor injury, and he probably deserves to be somewhat in the conversation. I think Marez, not so much. Uh, he seems to be sort of competing with with both Sane and Sterling, but doesn't seem to have the the high sort of ceiling. if right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, those those three stand up. What are your thoughts on those guys?
1: Can I tell you some things about Sane? Which actually, to be fair, I saw on the internet. Um, <laughs> but it's true. So Sane flourishes in the absence of Mendy. In the four mm. games uh, that Sane has started without Mendy playing at all, um, although they have been against Cardiff, West Ham, Fulham and Brighton, Sane's racked up 40 points across those four fixtures. Yeah. Which is pretty... 10 points a fixture. Yeah. Damn good. Which is... You take it. Exactly at the moment, whilst Mendy's out with his dodgy knee or whatever, yeah. Sane seems to me to be like an obvious choice. Yeah. But a counter that is Sterling is also an obvious pick if you're switching out Hazard for yeah. like a direct lads to keep that money tied up. Absolutely. Um Which I think if you do have that much amount of... So I have Hazard and I'm not that hype on keeping him. He's got... This ongoing injury situation, yeah. Um, so I want to get rid of Hazard, but I am concerned about dropping down to Sane and then having money sitting around and not using it, and then not wanting to use it, and this, that, and the other. Yeah. Um, and Dan mentioned to me the other day, which is true, that uh, Sterling this season has either started the game or has not, he's not played the game at all. He hasn't come on as a substitute this season.
0: Yeah. I think there's a good like obvious reason for that as well. Like with Sterling, he's a player that plays if they want to win the game and they need to win the game. So I think in most situations you're going to see Sterling starting in the likes uh starting against the likes of Arsenal, against Man United, against um Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And it's someone like Mares that will come in for those easier games and Yeah, Sterling usually doesn't need to come on because they've already won the game at that point. Like, City don't need to do the thing where they rest their best player and they're drawing nil-nil in the 83rd minute and they're desperate. Like, they never get past the first 15 minutes without scoring. It's it's ridiculous. And I actually want to highlight Silver for this because he seems to be getting the first goal in every (laughs) freaking game. And he's probably arguably one of the best value in terms of his price but
1: i think it's a bit weird that people seem to not be like jumping on silver. yeah right
0: the remarkable thing about silver is he's always been renowned for his assist output Mm -hmm. and creating chances and actually all his points are coming from goals and i think he's only got one assist all season um so he got a goal and and i think one bonus point this week the problem I have is I keep getting excited when he scores the first goal and I'm like, yeah, Silva, he's already got a goal. And then by the end of the game, he's gone from three bonus points to one or none because <laughs> yeah. everyone else in the team has scored. Yeah, And I think its it does seem to me that Silva, at the start of the game, he's getting in really advanced positions and he seems to be the one that that makes those intelligent runs that no one's, you know, everyone's so focused on Aguero, Sterling and Sane or, or mares that they can't track Silva. And he seems to reap the rewards of that. But once they've got the goal, I think he plays a bit deeper and he plays a bit more
1: right.
0: sensibly. Mm. Um, I say sensibly, I mean, it's Man City. He's popping up everywhere. But I feel like once he's got that goal, he seems less likely to get more. Whereas the likes of Sane and Sterling, just with their pace and their their crazy techers, like they're just getting in behind again and again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, those two really stand out to me because they just have this, ability to um to get you know two yards out from goal one of them will cross it in the other will tap it in and it happens so frequently and uh Aubameyang is another player that does a similar thing where all of his goals come from from that area the main reason I think I'd say City stand out is because of that the the fact that they can score you know five six goals in a game yeah but also I think you need to be really careful in... Uh, like I think Salah to Sterling is going to be a popular transfer this week. What? And I wouldn't do that. I, like, I can see why people do it because you get the knee-jerk, don't you? You're like, oh, oh, Salah's only scoring eight points a game mm-hmm. and he never gets bonus, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. Sterling is scoring 13, 14.
1: Like, Salah's not going to be rested over Christmas, right? Exactly. That's the situation, whereas like, Sterling I'm sure... will be.
0: I'm sure he will. Salah will miss a game at some point sure. for whatever reason. Sure. But the difference is, like, with Sterling, if you bring him in this week, and I really wanted to do it, I mean, if you've been listening to this pod, you would have known I wanted to do it... (laughs) For the last four weeks. ...like, four weeks ago, yeah. And I didn't, and I went for David Silva. And in that first week, it didn't do so well, because I think Silva scored and Sterling got, like, two goals and two assists or whatever. But the week after, I don't think Sterling played, and, and Silva scored again. So it was like, okay, that's all good. But... Yeah, the issue that you're going to have is I could quite easily see any of Sterling, Sane, Marez being rested. I think Silva will definitely play as long as De Bruyne is out. Mm. But I don't think this is the week to be getting rid of a guy like Salah because you're going to find yourself in trouble when all of a sudden you sold your 13 million asset and your 11 million guy isn't playing. And that's too much of a big risk to take. Whereas I do think if you're looking if you're looking at upgrading someone uh trying to think of an example someone may be in that like a
1: like man eight... maybe
0: yeah okay so that's a great example if you're thinking of upgrading him or you're getting rid of hazards i don't see that as such a, an issue um you just have to view it as a long term yeah a long term gamble where you you're hoping over five games they're going to get more points than they're going to play every game because i don't think like I did consider it for a moment, the idea of bringing Sterling in, because I do really like that Bournemouth fixture, but it's such a risk to downgrade someone you know is gonna play, and Liverpool being a uh, playing the Merseyside derby at home. I was like, I can't justify this because the potential cost, if you have, if you transfer Salah out for Sterling, and then Sterling doesn't play, and first on your bench is someone shit. Yeah, like you're screwed. You're screwed. You're not getting the benefit. The potential reward of Sterling going off against Bournemouth versus the potential risk of having two players or something, not feature, like he doesn't play and then you get a two-pointer off your bench or whatever, that just seems too risky to me. So I think any Man City move has to be viewed in context of the longer term rather than, hey, they've got to get me loads of points this week because you don't necessarily know. Uh, but I do think, yeah, Silver Stands out to me as just someone who is going to keep ticking over and is doing a really good job of it. And obviously Laporte too. I mean, they've only conceded five goals this season. They're about as sure a bet as you can get. And that's kind of the annoying thing. It's like, they're such a sure bet, but you kind of have to roll with the punches when your guy doesn't start. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think Sterling, for me, seems like the the key guy to look at if you're moving out Hazard. Okay. Uh, So in football, a lot can change in a week. And Chelsea actually are a shining example of this. They do face Fulham, Wolves, Man City and West Ham in the next four. Three of those at home as well. But do those fixtures sound as appealing when Spurs quite ruthlessly demonstrated how to beat them and beat them very well? I'm not so sure. I mean, I I moved out Hazard, what, three, four weeks ago now? And I haven't looked back and yeah it's it's been great it's been fantastic but they are still a a good team and they do have fairly good fixtures I mean you could argue that Wolves aren't not such a a threat at the moment although that one is away from home but yeah I think we're starting to see the cracks emerge what what do you do with your Chelsea guys because obviously Alonso and Hazard are the two that, that everyone has at this point
1: I think um I think if you have a defender you have to stick with them well, I guess it depends who your other defenders are. Um, yeah. If you don't have a Laporte, for example, then yeah, you probably want to go there. But if you'd have Laporte and you have Robertson and then you have Alonso or Azpilicueta or Dava Louise, I think you might as well stick with them. Like, I'm just not that arsed about defenders. They seem quite... <laughs> like, you should have five defenders that all play. There is absolutely no reason why anyone shouldn't have five starting defenders because some of them are so cheap. So if Chelsea are playing a fixture that you don't like or you're just waiting for them to stop being shit, you should just be able to rotate your guy out. So for if you have like a David Luiz, for example, hmm. I think if you have an Alonso and you've had him the whole time, you have to just stick with it and deal with your own mess. I would never get myself into such a situation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's hard to know with Alonso because like I haven't owned him for so long now that I can't view it with the same kind of um, objectivity that I, I would if I if I owned him. If that makes sense.
1: Did you have him at all this season?
0: No, no. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I kind of find it hard to judge him in a non-biased way because I I just don't feel. He has, you know, he was the top scorer last week. He's now been overtaken by Sterling, mm. and Sterling's played fewer games than him. Obviously, uh, I was going to call him Mendy. Alonso has played every game this season. Yeah, uh, it, but it's been the same thing I've been saying all season. Like Chelsea don't convince me defensively, and that's that's where I'm expecting the points to come from with any defender. And I'd rather have. In fact, I remember a few weeks ago there was a a debate. I think it was always cheating mentioned this where it was like, oh, I'd be happy to have Aguero if he's getting six points for me every week. I'd take that over, you know, the uncertainty of of someone who might score two or might score 10. And I kind of feel like Alonso is in that... uh, Sorry, Laporte is in that position where he's pretty much going to get you six points almost every week. Yeah. And he's, what, 6 million? 6.1 now, I think. Whereas... If if you're willing to accept Aguero at eleven point three or whatever, yeah. 11, I most people got him at eleven. Yeah, so I think that's fair to assume. But if you're going to accept him getting you six points a week, Laporte is surely an amazing uh, an amazing bet for for six million or whatever he is. Like, I think that's uh, where you have to look for your your clean sheets. But I said that wasn't <laughs> you said really weird so then weird. clean sheets. <laughs> Clean sheets.
1: It's like center parks all over again.
0: Alonso, I, I worry that he's going to lose his clean sheet every week. And I don't think his attacking threat is that... You know, people do big him up quite a lot for that, but I don't think it's worth the price that people are paying for him. Mm. And if you think about it, he could be a make-weight for getting Sterling into your team. Yeah. Like, if you drop down Alonso, he's eating up a lot of funds. And I guess Robertson is quite quite highly priced now but it seems most people who are in the sort of like template team scenario already had Robertson and haven't transferred him out so
1: and also there's always those other options with Liverpool like Alexander-Arnold and Gomez and stuff
0: absolutely and I kind of feel like he would be first on my him and Hazard would be first on my chopping block to get Sterling in and if it was between the two of those maybe maybe Hazard would come out first because I think his performances have dipped significantly. You know
1: what I'm thinking about doing? I'm thinking about getting Sterling for Hazard. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking about dropping Aguero to, like, someone a bit shit.
0: Yeah, I didn't think that's crazy.
1: And then upping Ings. So having, like, three kind of lower-priced strikers. Yeah. And then well, just that's... going hard in the midfield.
0: Yeah, that makes for a really good segue because... There's a new manager bounce elsewhere in South London. Yes. And that's with uh that's with Ranieri. So Ranieri, of course, is an ex-Chelsea manager himself. Oh, really? And will be facing Chelsea next week.
1: I didn't know. Yeah.
0: Back when I first got into football in sort of uh I think it was the late nineties, early noughties, he was managing Chelsea before they got all the money. Um and yeah, he's there's obviously a little bit of personal and professional pride in this game. But Mitrovic is the big the big deal this week isn't he with uh two goals against southampton and three bonus points and that second finish was freaking lovely the volley man oh
1: i can't remember it but
0: um... <laughs> you can never remember any of them no, I can but remember i loved the it first goal. <laughs> i can
1: remember the first goal because i didn't think it had really gone in
0: the yeah the first one that was quite rubbish yeah. the second one was a really lovely volley and he looked brilliant And Fulham, the one thing I want to say about them is they showed resilience that they did not have before. Um, That's obviously something that's been mentioned a lot about Arsenal this season. You know, playing badly, but being resilient. And uh, yeah, Fulham showed that for the first time. Obviously, it was against Southampton, so maybe you have to account for that a little bit. But I think they were brilliant, and I think they thoroughly deserve to win.
1: Um, What are your thoughts? Yeah, so after the game, Ranieri said... Um, about Mitrovic that he is one of the best goal scorers in Europe and he can do anything
0: oh wow and I thought
1: (laughs) huh okay probably keep him around
0: yeah I'll I'll bring him in right now I, I mean that's that's very Ranieri isn't it he loves to big up his players and exaggerate a little bit and well actually he was very humble in the Leicester title winning season where he kept talking about Oh, we must just get to 40 points and not get relegated. And it was like you're on 70 points. Yeah. What the hell?
1: But I think even if like even if there's a little bit of truth in thinking that Mitrovic is one of the best goal scorers in Europe. If he thinks that and he is managing him. Yeah. It's it sounds promising.
0: Yeah, and I think Ranieri is a good manager when it comes to just being that guy who gives players a little bit of confidence. Mm. And if there was one thing that Fulham were lacking, it was obviously confidence. Because I think, you know, they'd lost faith in jukanovic And I think the players kind of look at that and they see him floundering and not really knowing what to do. And you, you just, sometimes you lose faith in the the leadership. So now they've got the the new manager bounce and they have a fairly... Fairly reasonable running of fixtures, I believe. I don't have that on my screen right now. Who have they got? Well, they have
1: Chelsea away next, and then Leicester at home, Man United away, West Ham at home. But then over the Christmas period, they have quite a few all right fixtures. Yeah. So there are two kind of predicaments here that I'd put forward if you don't own any Fulham players. Yeah. The first one is Mitrovic and his four yellow cards. So he's been on four yellow cards for, what, three weeks now?
0: At least two, but possibly three, yeah.
1: So this is, we're getting into Costa's, like, territory. Um, that just makes me want to get him more. <laughs> yeah, where two, season- two seasons ago, Costa was on, like, four yellow cards for, like, two months. And people weren't getting him in because they were like, no, yeah. he'll get that fifth yellow card. And he just never, well, he did eventually, obviously.
0: He- I don't think he did. I think he no, got he to No, he did, the- he did get it oh did he I I don't know wait no didn't he get it in like a Premier League game when there was like a League Cup game after maybe I think it was something like that he deliberately got it and I was like you are brilliant maybe that's
1: true so that's kind of what I'm thinking with Mitrovic like surely in his mind if he can he'll try and hold off until around christmas and then he'll get one there so he can have a week off right
0: yeah yeah he'll get the christmas break off right get the boxing day match off so
1: that's quite far off still we've still got what five six game weeks before that (laughs) um i don't know if he can last that long so if you don't have him that is a situation but also if you want to bring him in just do it because otherwise you're going to be waiting for ages but if you did just get rid of mitrovic for Ooh. someone else.
0: Oh, ah. Uh, don't
1: bring him straight back in. Like, stick no, with do whoever it. you got. Because you got whoever you got because you wanted to get them. Yeah. So, I guess Arnacevic is a bit different because I don't know what his situation is because I don't care. I don't look over there. Um, yeah. But if you got, like, Murray, for example.
0: Well, if you got Murray, if you'd got Murray, you actually be reasonably happy. Because yeah. he's still got eight exactly. points. Exactly.
1: Stick with him. Stick with him for the next few weeks as well because Brighton's fixtures is still good. Yeah. Um, if you've got Jimenez as well, you might as well stick with him for a little bit. Like, just see what's up. But I wouldn't switch straight back just because this has happened.
0: As, yeah, it's crazy. Like, that—that that is an FPL rule to live by. Like, don't go back to the guy you just got rid of because you got rid of them for a reason. And also, that's just a surefire way to miss points yeah. every week. Um, I, I would say, like, probably we're in a position where you know, I'm a little, I'm a little bit tempted, but there's no justification for me bringing him in. Like my team looks really good for next week. Yeah. I've got a load of players with good fixtures, mm-hmm. but the narrative klaxon of <laughs> Ranieri <laughs> playing up against Chelsea mm. is is very enticing to me. Chelsea
1: and then Leicester.
0: Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Back to back ex yeah. clubs. That's brilliant. And he he obviously wants to stick it to Leicester because they, you know. Yeah sacked him with well they just down tools for him
1: well that's what i thought because i th- initially i was like oh maybe Mitrovic will get the yellow card in this game so yeah. then he can have the midweek off and i was like no because surely ranieri's gonna want him for the midweek
0: absolutely absolutely so i feel like we have a with the fact that they're playing chelsea next and chelsea just off the back of an awful result they've got to want to at least be more solid defensively because You can't get torn up like that against Fulham. Like, that wouldn't be acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I feel like we're in a position where you just have to probably wait and see with him. I don't think he's a terrible guy to to bring in right now, Uh, particularly if you haven't owned him because he's back at his lowest... Is he 6.5 again or is he still 6.6? 6.5, I think. Right, Okay. So if, if he is, he's back at his original price.
1: Yeah.
0: From that point of view, would be a very good buy. Like, if you're looking... For someone to fulfil that role. Maybe you don't have enough for Arnautovic. Or maybe you're not convinced by Arnautovic. Like he is, you know, he's looking good again. And that was probably the most, um, sort of the most relevant point. Or the most relevant takeaway from this game. He looked good. And he hadn't looked good in recent games under Jukanovic. So that is what fills me with a lot more faith. And for the first time this season, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, I might actually want him over Christmas. I'm probably not gonna go for him just yet, yeah. but yeah, they the fact that he's a striker as well and he's the kind of guy who can bully any defence, I wouldn't feel worried about playing him against, you know, any big teams. Yeah. Uh you know, maybe if I had a, a better a better line up for that week I would leave him out, but I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about playing him against strong defences either.
1: Mm.
0: But yeah, like uh I think elsewhere in Fulham the pricing I did I did genuinely consider Bringing in a Fulham defender for lols but I was well, like, no, that's just crazy.
1: Have been a, a terrible idea. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's I... the only one who can defend. Also,
0: yeah. I so what I usually do is when I have a an impulse like this, I just like enter a DraftKings team or something, right. and I pick all the players that I'm not brave enough to get in actual FPL. Right. And I had on and got his assist. I didn't win any money though, so it was pointless. But I at least had the, the glory when I was like, he's got an assist? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, like, I think their defence is maybe a little bit too risky at the moment. But maybe, you know, Ranieri is renowned for his defensive quality more than bringing, you know, free-flowing attacking I football. I assume so... that
1: in January, that's like what Fulham are going to be up to, just getting yeah, defenders I... in.
0: Yeah. And you know what? To be fair, I don't think they have terrible defenders. I think it's the a lack of organisation. been
1: playing terribly. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And the fact that Ranieri is an Italian manager from a, you know, most Italian managers are very defensive by, by nurture, essentially. Like they grew up watching that kind of defensive Italian football and that's where he will provide value to them. He'll really sort out their defense, I think. So they could become an option later. Uh, Ryan Sessegnon, obviously uh, an honourable mention with two assists and two very good assists, but too expensive. Uh, I think he's 6.3 now. No, just maybe dropped a little bit. Just six. Just six? Yeah. Okay.
1: I think it's a, so, I think it's an alright price for a midfielder.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, particularly if he plays high up. The problem under Jakanovic was he didn't know if he was going to play left back or left wing. Uh, did he play? I, I wasn't really paying attention, but I assume he was left wing. Obviously, I have absolutely no
1: idea. But that Regardless, is what I would assume. <laughs>
0: It was freaking brilliant. Like his uh, assist for Sherlock's goal was yeah. top-notch. I love that. And that was actually very Man City in its uh, the way it came about. is kind of reminiscent of Sane. So he could maybe be one to keep an eye out for. Uh, obviously a very hyped young player. But it would be Mitrovic. He would be the only place I'm looking yeah. at this point in time. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, just wanted to give a couple of special shout-outs. One to Mark Hughes for saying... We'll look at the stats tomorrow. We'll probably do Fulham in almost every area that you need to do to have a good performance. You didn't do him in XG though, <laughs> did you, Mark Hughes? Or just... 1.29 to Fulham, 1.30 to Southampton. Almost equal. So uh, stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Mark. And yeah, not in the goals Not either. in actual goals. That's, that's obviously... <laughs> but he did, he did mention that, so I didn't want to <laughs> totally take his quote out of context. Right, okay. And the other one is Armstrong.
1: Oh yeah, I can tell you about Armstrong because I've done some research. He was signed by Southampton in the summer from Celtic. This is only his second or maybe third, I can't tell. And I couldn't be bothered (laughs) to do any research. Because he
0: looked at the minutes played. Yeah,
1: and it was like half hour and I was like, well, I don't fucking know. Was his second or third start this season in the Premier League? Maybe he'll be all right if Southampton ever are good. Uh he's five point one currently.
0: You hit the nail on the head there, if Southampton are ever good. (laughs) Yeah. That's not gonna happen under Mark Hughes, I'm afraid. (laughs) Both of his goals were wicked though. Uh so I I do I have time for his finishing, but you shouldn't be looking there. No,
1: I don't but just in case anyone wanted to know who he was, that's who he is.
0: Uh Huddersfield and Wolves find themselves in decidedly opposite trajectories at the moment. And suddenly we're all reminded of the qualities that made Huddersfield so special in the first place. Aww. Good old David Wagner, Yats. bringing his his uh, high pressing, high altitude foot, high altitude.
1: <laughs> Is that what he do? he does? Like he just takes him up a mountain and makes him train. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I don't know what word I was looking for there, high velocity, uh, who knows. But anyway, it's good he football, all right? He
1: the mountain and then throws them down the mountain. Maybe, high you know, that would be a good
0: velocity. way to get them really fit. I'm not sure I'd recommend any players from Huddersfield, besides maybe their defence, uh, but also prices is uh, a consideration here.
1: Their midfielders are quite cheap. And I think...
0: Yeah, but they it's... don't score enough.
1: Yeah, but even
0: when they do score, look,
1: I've got Delafeu sitting around, right? At 5.1 or 5.4 or whatever it And is.
0: I'd say you hold on to him for that fixture next week because he'll probably score in it.
1: Okay. But I think, in that, where, where that is concerned, it's not that much different to if I did have a Huddersfield. Yeah. Five millioner. whatever you know five
0: million yeah the way I see Huddersfield Huddersfield is that we you know we've been looking at them as oh they're pushovers how do I phrase this basically it's good to pick your captain as someone who's playing against them that was the way we were looking at them and I I'm glad I didn't go with Jimenez in the end because he came very close to scoring but he didn't Mm. um and yeah Huddersfield just much like Cardiff, I think they're showing what they're really good at and they can really cause problems for teams when they set up in the right way and when they're, they're motivated. And we're starting to see that they are, much like Fulham, a lot more resilient than we gave them credit for. So I kind of think they're a team you need to reassess in terms of how bad they are. But when it comes to picking fantasy assets, personally, I would only be thinking of maybe a defender... And that would be in my sort of like cheap slot. Right. Uh, if they have some... Uh, it wouldn't even be for me like if they have nice fixtures because I think they're that team that can just... They can grind out a result against any team bar like Man City, Liverpool.
1: Well, even Liverpool, they only lost one nil.
0: Yeah. Was it... Did they really? Yeah.
1: It was their five thirty game and it was just 0-0 for so long. And then I guess right. it was Salah who scored.
0: But that, that kind of says it all, doesn't it? Like, they they are really good at stifling teams. Mm. And I think Wolves, you know, comparably... Actually, before we move on to Wolves, did you want to shout out anyone in particular from this Field?
1: No, not yet. I think they're, they're just definitely a team to keep an eye on and see how they do over the next few weeks. Because they have yeah. Brighton and Bournemouth are the next two fixtures. Then they yeah. play Arsenal, which might not be as exciting for them. Um, yeah. It, but... It's
0: quite weird this season as well, because, like... I find it hard to recommend... Like, I would look at their defence, but I find it hard to recommend them when there are quite a lot of good, like, gar- almost guaranteed clean sheet options with Liverpool and Man City just conceding no goals at all. Yeah. Like, you may as well just have three players from those two teams and you've got your defence. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they're man. more expensive. Yeah. But I think also when you have, you know, Juan Bissaka for four-point whatever he is, yeah, like, he's... He covers that base of, oh, I've got a match where I don't want to play my Liverpool guys. Let's just throw in the, the, the Palace, dude. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Wolves, I thought, you know, they, they seem to be on a little bit of a slide. Like, four losses and one draw in the last five. Really? Admittedly, they... Yeah. Like, this is the, the ah. amazing thing. So, obviously, you remember a while back, I was like, oh, I'm going to get rid of Doherty. And I was hoping he would drop in price. hoping he wouldn't perform well he didn't perform well he didn't drop in price either but I've got him back and now I'm like oh god have I made a mistake because they did not look good at all and Doherty in particular like he just showed up and seemed to display this kind of arrogance uh, that made me think that he just thought the game was won in particular for the first goal because he gives the ball away and it was like um it's actually Shaka-esque in the way that he did it like he he just kind of had it in in possession and just weakly passed it to a Huddersfield player when he had no options. That was, you know, partly caused by the fact they were running their freaking heads off. But like, yeah, he just gave the ball straight to them. And then he didn't track back at all. And Huddersfield obviously picked out a brilliant pass to Aaron Moy. And he scored a wonderful goal. But Doherty throughout that entire game, like I didn't see any of his attacking attacking play, he wasn't linking up with Jimenez. They couldn't get the ball past midfield because Huddersfield were just closing them down immediately and winning it back. And if anyone was gonna score four or five goals in that game, previously we have said it would be Wolves, but on this one it should have really been more goals for Huddersfield because they created great chances. Um and I I don't know, I'd be genuinely considering, especially if you have got a triple up or a double up, this could be the time to get rid of your Wolves guys. Like, I don't think they have horrible fixtures, obviously Cardiff up next, but I am having second thoughts about playing two Wolves players against Cardiff because, you know, we spoke about them, they've been, Cardiff have been showing that they've got some fight about them as well. What are your general feelings towards wolves
1: i don't know i'd like i hadn't really noticed that they'd been playing particularly badly prior to now
0: that's it isn't it it's gone under the radar but they've they've lost a load of games
1: i only have patricio at the moment yeah and so that i think you're
0: right in doing that like i think there was a time when the double up or the triple up was great but now you're starting to see why that maybe isn't a risk worth persevering with
1: yeah um I don't know. I think it's fine to keep one hanging around. Especially, like, if... I don't know how much your Doherty guy is, but the other guys were, like, super cheap, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that is true. They were all 4.5 and below.
1: Yeah, so that's fine. Like, if you have one of those, just keep them around. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? And also, there aren't... It's kind of, like, much of a muchness switching those guys around for someone equally... Like, for someone similarly priced.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the, the fixtures for everyone, and... You know, you've got Wolves, you've got West Ham, you've got Newcastle, maybe. They all have quite similar fixtures. Uh, Brighton are another one. They all have similar fixtures. So it's kind of you get your 4.5-ish player and you hope you got the right one and you stick with them. I think like there's there's no real way to, to know for sure. But what I would say is just Wolves... Uh, maybe they're starting to get figured out by, by the opposition teams. Like, yeah, maybe. The way they play, they're finding a way to counteract it. I mean, Huddersfield demonstrated it perfectly, and if they can do it, I'm sure a lot of other teams will be able to to play in a similar style. I, I feel like there's a tendency when playing FPL to have a little bit of sort of historic bias. Like, you, you look back to the start of the season, you're thinking about, oh, all those points they got me back then. You're like, you think that Wolves are still that team they were at the start of the season, when in reality teams go through these little ups and downs in their form and it feels like that's what Wolves are going through at the moment and you know Cardiff next you would probably think that's a good litmus test for them to see if they're really dropping off a hill or not I'm I'm gonna find it a really hard decision because I've got 14 players that I want to play this week and two of them are Wolves players and if I can just write those two off then it makes my decisions a lot easier so I'm not sure what I'm gonna do but I am. I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped a goal against Cardiff, and I don't like the look of Chelsea, Newcastle, and Bournemouth after that because those Chelsea are obviously a good team regardless of of who they're playing, unless it's Spurs, <laughs> and and Newcastle look to be improving. Bournemouth, Bournemouth are probably another one that fall under that sort of historic bias thing, but I think they they did well this weekend, yeah. even though they lost. Yeah, so I just kind of wanted to come on to a few miscellaneous points. we we'll start with Madison. He got sent off for a ridiculous dive. Uh, did you see Lineker and, and the boys talking about this on um, Match of the Day? I did. They read out his tweet yeah. where he was <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's no excuse, but I thought there was contact coming, so it went down.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And I loved it when they were like, don't do it again, Madison. Yeah, uh, he's obviously been falling off a cliff in terms of his form. Madison. Uh, yeah. Well, he has
1: been injured, to be fair to him.
0: Yeah, but before that, it was just uh, two points after two points. Well, and I've... I guess
1: so. But, you know, who's... like he was quite cheap when it all kicked off. So I'm not really mad about it. Yeah. I am mad that everyone got rid of him because he was injured. And then in this surprise return, then is when he's got... The two yellow cards and Vincent. Yeah, off. why
0: can't you get sent off when I don't have you but, but everyone, everyone else starts. does?
1: Exactly. But then if anyone does still have him kicking around, you're in luck because of that rescheduled League Cup game, the Leicester Southampton. Oh yeah, of course. That's this week on Tuesday, so Madison just misses that
0: and ah. he will be
1: back in the he won't miss any Premier League fixtures, which is quite handy for him and anyone who has him in FPL. Yeah. But also quite yeah. annoying.
0: Everton one nil, uh, beat Cardiff. I mentioned earlier, Cardiff have looked much, much better. Uh, I think they're clearly improving. Uh, Silva spoke after the match and he, you know, I think he summed it up perfectly. He was like, we, we were the better team. But, you know, they, they made us work hard for it, hard for the goal. And it came from a kind of funny... I mean, uh, I know a lot of people captained Richarlison this week, yeah. which on paper seems very smart. Yeah, And I think we actually talked a lot of our premonitions or discussions, let's say, from last week seemed to to come to fruition like I think we were quite apprehensive on the idea of captaining an Everton player because you know Cardiff have improved and we'd already sort of spotted that uh but yeah the goal actually came from Richarlison running away from goal and then it was uh was one of the Cardiff players just passed it to Walcott when he was sprinting and uh came from this sort of break that was just a bit bad luck really uh, but Sigurdsson, who was your shout last week, mm-hmm. was the one who got the goal and and the three bonus points. And I think he is sick. He's good.
1: <laughs> Sigurdsson. Um, the
0: the issue, <laughs> yeah, Sigurdsson. The issue I have with Everton is I still don't like the look of their fixtures. And you know they're doing. I think they're playing well and they're
1: mm.
0: well. They're they're getting results.
1: Yeah, I think. But it's... I don't think there's
0: like an obvious sort of
1: yeah player. They're not a reliable pick for FPL. I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Liverpool, clean sheets. They're marching on again, getting them all day long. There was a, a shout for a penalty from Robertson. I didn't yeah. think it was, personally. I didn't see him touch him. I think on Match of the Day, they said there was contact. I didn't see it. And I thought whoever it was, uh, the Watford player Hughes, was absolutely looking for it. it. was Hughes. And Hughes is a sleazy little bitch of a player. So he was <laughs> definitely diving for it.
1: Um, um La did try and do a goal at some point as well so I was like okay you can stick around for an extra week
0: yeah I saw my man Pereira had a nice little outside foot shot as well and I was like well I'm glad I don't have you in my team and then <laughs> I'm having to go to the bottom of my bench again this week so Pereira and Arnautovic with their two pointers are both coming in for me lovely <laughs> which is always fun uh Gomez didn't play because he was injured but it was only a knock he should be back for Champions League. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold's mm. free kick. It pisses me off because Robertson was instrumental in two of their goals and was on for three bonus points but didn't get any assists and Trent Alexander-Arnold scoring that goddamn free kick took him out of it. Mm. Damn it. So he's looking like a, an interesting one. I think he's he's more rotatable maybe than, uh, than Gomez but actually considering the way he's playing, I think it's going to be trent in the team because he keeps freaking scoring goals i'm
1: really hyped for trent playing for england
0: yeah he's he's been really good he seems to have sorted himself out and i think you know when you get yourself on a run like that it's hard to drop a a player of his quality uh brighton sad times for those i i thought they probably deserved to win the game overall uh they just didn't get that second goal yeah and that was a, a little bit of a disappointment Ah, uh, Kyle, I wanted to lambast him on this podcast because <laughs> because he did give Matt Ryan a chance to save a penalty, but he also let Vardy
1: Score get penalty. a
0: penalty. Yeah. So <laughs> so I kinda knew what was gonna happen and I was very disappointed about that. But Kyle did not need to dive in like that. He's ruined Brighton's home clean sheet and it was very upsetting. Mm. I don't think they deserved to draw that game. But also Hewton quite rightfully said they should have got the second and and it was kind of their own fault, really.
1: But also, um, obviously, my weekly round of praise for Lewis Dunk. Okay,
0: yeah, bonus point. Still
1: managed to get a bonus point despite losing the clean sheet. So if you didn't think he was good before, that's how good he is.
0: Absolutely. I rest my case. He deserves that praise.
1: I literally can't Um, not play him now. That's the situation I'm in, though. They're going to play Man City and I'll have to play him.
0: Yeah, that, that's the kind of game he'd love as well. Just constantly making interceptions. Own um, goals, Diving in. Oh, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's probably the real the, uh, reality versus expectation, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. West Ham obviously got battered by um, City. I wanted to just shout out how much I hate Masuaku. He is terrible. He should never be getting anywhere near a Premier League side. I, I don't know what he does. Uh, the, the thing is, I think people particularly last year, he was in a lot of discussions for fantasy football because they're like, oh, attacking potential. And I'm like, he doesn't, he can't cross. Like, he looks good at dribbling, but he can never actually get past any players. He just controls it well. And yeah, his defending was a big part of the reason that City won so easily, uh, particularly down his side. So they do have good fixtures coming up though. And we mentioned this uh, last week anyway. But, you know, don't forget about those guys. They do have a really nice run. And Arsenal winning ugly, which I like to see. Yeah. They didn't really deserve to, to win overall. I think but... it should
1: have been a nice draw. A nice, clean draw. Yeah.
0: I mean, the the thing I feel, feel for Bournemouth with is that they had a goal disallowed that shouldn't have been disallowed yeah. early on. And guess who was playing david brooks onside mustafi well it was mustafi he was laying on the floor like
1: he wasn't like that wasn't good enough and then his uh when he let when he fouled whoever it was right at the end as well on the edge of the box oh that was quite yeah good. i was like well done mustafi you've had a good game
0: i was really angry at him for that but actually he probably made about the best decision a defender could make in that scenario because he just had to stop the attack right but because it was Mustafi, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but I would just like to say on um, the Mustafi front, like like he thinks all I have to do is get my foot on the ball and then it doesn't matter what happens after. <laughs> right. And that was exactly what happened in this scenario because he'd a- what he'd actually done in the Brooks goal, who, by the way, I really like Brooks as a, as a shout. You know what, I meant got... to
1: make a bit for Brooks and I forgot.
0: He's 5.1, isn't he? He's really cheap. Something like that. Obviously, loads of options in the Bournemouth side, but 5.1 for him, he looks probably like the guy who will end up getting the m- most goals out of that midfield. Um, if So, if you don't want Wilson, but you want a midfielder, you don't want Fraser. I actually think he. Yeah, I think he actually looks slightly better value. You know, Fraser, Wilson, King, and uh, Brooks were all key in that goal yeah, as well.
1: Yeah, for
0: sure. uh, But yeah, like, back on the Mustafi thing, like, it, it just seems like he. All he cares about is winning the ball, even if immediately after it goes right back to them and they have a, a goal-scoring opportunity and it's so frustrating. But Koscielny should be back soon. And yeah, I think Arsenal, you know, they're they're getting results regardless of how they're playing. Mm. And I think you have to consider that with, you know, your main man, Aubameyang. Uh The only problem is who is actually going to play because Lacazette missed out through injury. And But yeah, they're looking good. Uh, OK, so let's move on to the analysis Domestic. Ooh. A quick round-up of our top scorer this week, please, Natalie.
1: OK, well, we have a new leader. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, Zach Sargent well, this is, is our new, our new um, number one. Um, he just scored 60 points this week, which is absolutely fine, but doesn't really matter how many he scored because he's number one. So congrats, Zach.
0: That's what really matters, isn't it's it? It's true.
1: And then, in complete shock news... Uh, our current joint top scorers are not to put you down, Warwick, Lise. You did really well with 77 points. Also, currently on 77 points before the Burnley Newcastle game, our very own Dave Sylvester.
0: Ah, friend of the pods, even though he doesn't know it. Does he know we have a podcast? Yeah, of
1: course he does. He's in the Denalysis League he's always quite supportive on twitter of the podcast so i like that um yeah well done dave dave and warwick both had sterling
0: yeah well done guys
1: congratulations
0: all right uh okay we're gonna do a game week 14 and 15 preview uh taking into account both both game weeks because we have a midweek uh list of fixtures which is quite exciting I like it when you you have like a quick sort of recovery period where it's like oh I sucked in game week 14 doesn't matter we got <laughs> week 15 in like two days yeah uh, so I think the best way to do this is we just pick out who we think has sort of the best run-ins oh, God. Uh, okay. because oh. there's there's a lot there's a lot to look at so I guess I'll, I'll start with uh Liverpool have Everton and Burnley back to back. Everton, obviously Merseyside Derby. Mm. Big deal. There are
1: actually three derbies next weekend. Yeah. In succession. They're, they're, it's the Derby day. They're
0: branding it like, der- yeah, they're branding it, aren't they? Um, that's pretty exciting. I like it's that. quite wild. I like that a lot. Like,
1: it's quite mad.
0: Who is it? It's uh, North London Derby, Liverpool, Everton, and what's the other one? Chelsea Fulham. Chelsea Fulham. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. And, you always get sparks flying in these sort of sorts of games uh liverpool i think they've only conceded one goal at home all season um in the premier league mm. that is and facing their their merseyside rivals i am wondering i'm wondering if i go for a little salah captain here because i feel like it could go a little bit crazy and i believe it's the last game of the weekend right uh you I might think it's a late kickoff on sunday Yes. And we all know that the later the kickoff, the more likely you will get the points.
1: Is that true?
0: Because that's just Have you just science. made that up? I have made that up. Okay, good. But I'm going to stand by it. Cool. Um, so, yeah, and then they face Burnley next, who, you know, they haven't really picked up form yet this season. But we might see them do something tonight. I don't know. Newcastle looking good as well, so it's hard to say. Uh, Man City have two quite tasty fixtures yeah. as well Bournemouth and Watford I think I've currently got the captaincy on David Silva against Bournemouth yeah I mean at home I'm
1: currently captaining Hazard but this was yeah. pre-injury yeah um so Aguero is my next best pick
0: yeah so playing against Bournemouth I think Bournemouth they they really try to play attacking football a city are surely going to be too good for them. I-, I can see them putting like three or four past them at least. I think if you have a city player, it's a very good place to look for captaincy. The only question I'd a question mark I'd I'd raise about this is if you have someone like Sane, like obviously scored really really well this week. Does he play again? Does he start? Yeah, because Sane with
1: Mendy out, surely Sane in.
0: Yeah. It... <laughs> but that's the question like is it does it then become Sane and Mahrez does it become Mares and Sterling I think like we said earlier Sterling is the player that will play no minutes or will play 90 minutes Sane I think is more likely to play 15 at the end uh, okay and that that would worry me so I'd be that's kind of why I'm looking at David Silver, and I'm like I'm quite comfortable doing that because I think you will get the full game mm-hmm. um also i said no minutes on 90 minutes i didn't mean that i meant no minutes or he will start the game right. and play a lot because we know he gets subbed off sometimes
1: mm-hmm. yeah i've got two so my two uh renegade picks would be brighton have huddersfield away and then crystal palace at home and we all love a yeah. m23 derby um <laughs> apparently and it's- palace
0: can't score so that's like well, guaranteed yes, clean sheet.
1: That is quite good.
0: Especially the fact that it's at home for Brighton. Yeah.
1: Um yeah, regardless of whether Zaha's in, it doesn't seem to make a difference now, does it? Um and West Ham and my other pick. Uh Newcastle away uh in Game Week fourteen and then Cardiff at home on yeah. the other one, <laughs> Game Week fifteen. Yeah. I think that's that's a nice little little pick.
0: Yeah, they I'd actually make an argument for both West Ham and Newcastle depending on who you favour. Because I'm I'm thinking Newcastle, you know, I'm a bit gutted I didn't go for Yedlin uh, last week instead of Doherty now. Because, I, I mean, we're yet to see how they perform against Burnley. But I'm thinking I might have done myself over with that one. But I didn't want to take the risk. I went for what looked more sound on paper. But West Ham, I'm unsure about at the moment. They should have enough to beat Newcastle and Cardiff, providing you know, they show up. And after that, it's still great fixtures for them. So their attacking assets look to be valuable. And actually, last last team I want to pinpoint here is uh Crystal Palace. Because although they can't win games, they're pretty good at keeping clean sheets every now and then. And with Burnley and Brighton up in their next two, mm. the Burnley game being at home, I think Juan Bissaka, you know, I played him this week against United. Unbelievable. And he kept a clean sheet. Unbelievable. A little bit unlucky not to get his three bonus points in the end. Yeah. I was annoyed about that. Uh, ended up with none, but <laughs> uh yeah, he, he played really well. And yeah, Burnley at home and then Brighton away. Two potential clean sheets there. So I think you're Juan Bissaka if you've held on to him, which probably should have done, yeah. even though I think I did advocate at some point the possibility to go away from him. Um Yeah, these are two games that I definitely consider starting him in. Mm. But I think that about sums it up. I mean, there's a lot of teams with one good fixture, so yeah. uh, Wolves are one of them with Cardiff, but, you know, we've spoken about them a lot today and maybe it isn't quite as easy. Uh, Watford have Leicester, which is away from home, but I like the look of it. But they play Man City after. So um I've still got Pereira. I'll probably try and get him in the team this week, but I'm definitely not playing him against Man City. Uh, yeah, like I mentioned, Man United against Southampton. But, you know, if you've just brought Marcy in, for example, um, we kind of advocated not doing that last week because of the the whole form thing like he was performing ridiculously well Mm. and it's bound to come to an end but against Southampton I wouldn't put it past him getting a goal because Southampton are rubbish um and yeah that's kind of I guess Chelsea Fulham like that's a pretty good fixture for Chelsea but you never know what what could happen seeing as it's a derby it's gonna make uh, I think for a lot of selection headaches for people who have a lot of um a lot of starters in their squad yeah It's going to be real hard.
1: I'd also like to point out uh, in game week 15, there's just a sly Man United versus Arsenal just stuck in there. Yeah. As if no one would notice that it was happening.
0: Oh God, I'm so excited about that. It's so hard to predict that. Like I'm really excited about the North London derby as well, because that's a game that I think in the last, I'd say sort of six to eight matchups, like you've seen that Spurs have got better and better. And even when we've got the win or we've, um, we've come out with a draw, I think Spurs have often looked like the better team in those matchups. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to this one with a new manager, what seems like a new mentality. Um, I am even considering a Bamiyan captain for a second week running because I feel like anything could happen and Spurs' defence has been all over the place. But I really don't know what to expect from that. And yeah, Man United, playing them at Old Trafford, that's one hell of a run. I freaking love it. I'm well up for this.
1: Good. Oh, can I actually... I just wanted to just... In case anyone hadn't noticed. So game week 14 actually starts on Friday. Cardiff Wars is Friday Ooh, night. Oh, yeah. And then there's no... Good shout. Uh, lunchtime kickoff on Saturday. It's straight until the, into the three o'clocks. Yeah, and then everything's wrapped up on Sunday in prep for game week 15 starting on Tuesday evening.
0: But yeah, let's move on to the Clean Sheet Cup quickly. Well, I can certainly tell you that I got two points for... What I th- is this the first time ever or is this a, the second time someone's different. got a nil-nil?
1: Uh, I definitely got a nil-nil last season.
0: Okay, yeah, nil-nil Manchester United against Crystal Palace at Old Trafford as well. And I I will say I was a little bit lucky on this one because Man United scored what I thought was a perfectly good goal that was ruled out for offside uh, with Lukaku. And I think I got a bit lucky there. I think the, the tally for this week for VAR decisions that would have been given think we've got three there's the you're really
1: obsessed with this aren't you
0: yeah there's the Bournemouth offside goal mm-hmm. that was onside there's the definite penalty on Hazard uh from where Juan Foyt just absolutely whacks him that
1: boy I can't hack him I don't like him <laughs> at all
0: yeah he's he loves to just dive into challenges he's got a bit of the Mustafi about him <laughs> uh and there was also was it the Lukaku one or did I already mention that yeah, the Lukaku goal
1: Okay.
0: Uh, that I'm pretty sure was onside. So actually, that would have been three. I'm, I'm quite happy for it this season because Arsenal are getting a bit of luck. We're going to have you know, to do a whole
1: good. pre-season episode on um, penalty takers next year.
0: Yeah, and just VAR, VAR XG. Yeah.
1: Well, wow. this game week, I'm going to say Burnley. Okay. I don't want to go for the nil-nil.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, when someone's just got a nil-nil, it's the worst time to go for a yeah. for a new nil-nil.
1: But I'm going to say that. Who are you saying for game week 14, please?
0: <sighs> oh, I'm tempted to have Palace, just so we've got, like, a proper head-to-head there. Yeah, you can do. Uh, I'm just looking at the other fixtures. I don't... Man City... Man City is too easy.
1: I don't like them for clean sheets. I don't think there are going to be many clean sheets in this game week.
0: Uh, yeah... I think Man City is a tap-in, so I'm going to go for that really? one. Yeah.
1: I don't, but okay.
0: <laughs> I think Bournemouth will struggle a lot to get enough of the ball to counter-attack them.
1: They run quite fast.
0: They do, but City foul you before you get there. Okay. Like, they break up the attack so early. Game week 15?
1: Yep. This, I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm going to say West Ham. They've got to do it eventually, haven't they?
0: Yeah, and you never know. They might have They might have a game week 14 clean sheet that we can all start getting excited about. Uh, okay, so I will go for... Okay, this one's really for the narrative. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I actually believe this will happen, but I'm going to say Arsenal against Man United. You
1: reckon Arsenal will keep a clean sheet?
0: Yeah, and I think this is going to be the start of a clean sheet run for Arsenal, and it's going to be when I bring... Hector Bellerin into my team. Okay. That's got to be real exciting.
1: Well, I can't wait. Uh,
0: Okay. I think that that sums it up. Where are we at score-wise for Clean Sheet Cup? You're on um... six
1: and I'm on three.
0: Oh, got quite a lead built up. So I hope I do well. Right. I think that about sums it up for this week. Uh, Thank you for listening. We hope you have a great game week 14. And 15. And 15, actually, because we won't be back until I think... Thursday yeah.
1: next week. So we we don't really know what we're gonna do because we can't really remember how we did this last year. Um, yeah, shout out to us. Um, but we think maybe we'll just do like a quick kind of roundup uh, between game week fifteen and sixteen. Yeah, and then we'll be back properly after game week sixteen.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because there's not much point sort of doing a full podcast reviewing everything that happened in game week uh, 14 yeah when the next game week is literally a day away yeah, exactly. like by the time we get the podcast out
1: no one will care
0: she'll be out a day yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll do like a, a sort of quick roundup mm-hmm. of uh, game week 15 um please rate and review us on apple podcasts or itunes if you enjoyed the show as always that will help us get out to more people and more people means we can actually justify doing the podcast <laughs> which is always good <laughs> and don't forget to follow us on twitter at the Or you can email us your questions and feedback. Please send it to hello at thedenalysis.com. Also,
1: if you made it this far, my friend Emma was uh, promoing our podcast on her Instagram story. And I'm going to share a video from that saga uh, on our Twitter when I've uploaded this podcast because it's absolutely hilarious. (laughs)
0: Maybe we should get more of our friends to like promo our stuff. Like just really obnoxious promo videos that give us something to like advertise that'd be really good all right uh, okay so it's been it's been awesome until next week guys peace out